Oh, in San Francisco a few years ago, we didn't wear pants on the bus. Aren't we interesting? Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Too many cool, independent small businesses fail. In fact, too many never had a chance of success. Why? Because the people who are best at making something awesome... The doodlers, the idealists, the drama people, the folks who care about something, they're the least likely to understand the basics of how to make something people want and connect other people to that thing. And that's what we do here at The Fizzle Show. We help creatives and independent business folks figure out how to build their thing. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Baron Quadro of the insanely handsome site, EffortlessGent.com. We talk with Baron about building your first product. You know, that, that moment when you get your first check. The first email that says that a successful transaction happened. Someone found your thing and they wanted it enough to buy it. That changes you forever. But how do you get there? What can you expect? What are the sticky points? What are the roadblocks? What are the sabotaging mindsets? Okay, I really dig this conversation. Baron and all three of us, we really, we get into it. So uh, your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was Breaking Bad, he'd be Walter White. There's absolutely no question about that. Uh, Caleb Wojcik, he'd be Gus. Brutally smart. Uh, one of those dangerously quiet ambitions. And me, uh, Chase Reeves. I would, of course, be Jesse because somebody's got to screw things up. I'll be back after this show to fill in any gaps. So, let's get into it. So, the elephant in the room here, and that's not a question uh, about his weight, is Baron Quadro. Quadro. Close. C-U-A-D-R-O. Yes, sir. Okay, I like that. Quadro. Okay, now, Corbett, you know Barrett from, when did you guys meet? Baron knows me. So, actually, the, the really cool thing, <laughs> the really cool thing is that uh, I think Baron... And I met maybe on the same night that we met Scott Dinsmore mutually. Debatable. In person, yes. Does Debatable. that sound right? Mm-hmm. In person. It can be neither confirmed nor denied. <clears throat> so Baron lives Baron lives here in San Francisco. We'll let Baron talk in a second after he gets a little bit more of that cocktail yeah. down. Um, and uh, I had a meetup. When was this, do you think, Baron? In 2010? I only remember where. Not when. Where was it? Some bar. Some bar. Adult. American Club? One of those bars. Okay. One of those fancy, <clears throat> I mean, CD. CD bars. I had this bad habit of throwing meetups at really scary bars. I had this in the bad mission. habit of throwing meetup at the <laughs> ceiling and the ceiling fan, and it ended up, that's what I heard. Meet up. Throwing meetup. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I say meetups? <laughs> you mean like when you came down to San Diego last year, Chase? Oh. Did you throw a meetup? Let's oh, just, that's right. Let's just move past that. That was, yeah. I'm not proud. Is this going anywhere? <laughs> okay, so you let's, let's okay. Listen, I'm going into the interesting stuff. Here's the thing: uh, this guy to my right, not only is he fancy, fresh, and footloose, not only is he sweet, debonair, and uh, and other stuff as well. But uh, Baron, you make you make great things. You are li- literally to me one of the foremost scholars of manness, uh, male um, style. Okay, you run a website called Effortless Gent. Yes, sir. You uh, you have a, a, a things that you have made that you sell there. We did a we, Corbett did a founders story with you uh, inside of Fizzle, which are these these video interviews. And one of the things you said there has always stuck with me. And you've said uh, you said after you made your first uh, quote unquote product, or after you made a thing to sell, right? What was the what was the the sum total of that was was oh my god, I wish I would have done this sooner, right? Um, and so what I want to talk about with all four of us, this isn't, a, this isn't an interview of, of you, Baron. This is, let's talk about what it's like to make a product. Because like we talked about in the last episode, Corbett, remember yeah. fake Steve Jobs? Uh, guy gets millions of people to the site and then puts up AdSense and, and feels like, uh, and makes like 15 bucks or something like that. And so he's and like, therefore concludes you cannot make money blogging. Exactly. You can't make money blogging because this AdSense, and I had millions of people and not making enough money on AdSense. Well, what we've all kind of 
just like regular business, we started making things to sell to people, right. whether they be physical or digital. And a lot of us online, frankly, there is zero... We decided to reject Google's welfare system. Exactly. <laughs> and, there's, and, and this is like an important thing. There is basically zero distribution costs on the internet now. You know what I mean? I, like, you can make something, and it's just digital. It, yeah. You don't have to pay shipping and handling for that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, maybe there, maybe. Well, we do pay Libsyn like $10 to distribute our podcast. It's true. We like, even though it's free. Yeah. You know, you're welcome. We just love you. Um, but, but this isn't, this is a huge deal. Like you, Baron, just because you know about style stuff because you were insecure and had to figure out these things or whatever. I don't know what the backstory is. I, that's what my story is with why I think through my haircuts is because I want You're people insecure. to like me and I'm not very comfortable with myself. <laughs> it always comes down to insecurity with you. <laughs> and with me, it always comes down to insecurity. But because I, you did that work to do the thing you, and you and you you were vulnerable enough to, to push through the fear, make the thing because everybody, right? Let's talk about, okay, what's the fear that everybody has about making their product? That nobody's going to want it. it. Yeah. yeah, nobody's going nobody's gonna to buy it. Nobody's going to, like, what, nobody would buy that for me. I don't know anything about that, you know? And, and what happens every time you make something? I think I've heard this from Brett Kelly. I've heard it from just about everybody we've talked about who's made or talked to who's made something to sell. It's certainly true of all of us. Oh, my God, I wish I would have done that sooner. Because it, it doesn't happen the way you were afraid it would happen. Where right. Everybody's like, who, are you, who do you think you are writing me about how to cut my hair? Right? Yeah, and the, and the ironic thing is that that feeling that nobody's going to want this doesn't go away. A little it, too <laughs> ironic. <laughs> it still happens, Sorry. just like Alanis Morissette songs on the radio. Yeah. Baron, before, before we get into that, though, Baron, just why did you start Effortless Gent? Yeah. What, how old is it, by the way? Uh, it's about four years old at this point. Four years old in November. Okay. And, and why did you decide to start a blog on men's um, style? Well, it, so it started off because, uh, I think I told you the story before, and the founder story too. It was um, basically that I had friends in high school, college, ask me like basic style type questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they thought that um, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> apparently I did. And, um, well, you they, certainly look like you. Do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I played off well. So, was it something? Did you can? Did you think of yourself as like I'm a fashion guy to begin with? Not really. Like I don't really consider myself fashionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wear pretty basic stuff. I look like you guys. You wear a lot of fashionable shirts, though. Do I get it? Remember that? No, no you remember I that? that. Fashionable <laughs> or whatever. Fashionable. <laughs> I just remember the going Nordstrom to Nordstrom brand. and just the brand. Yeah, yeah the I brand. love that brand. <laughs> totally. Actually, they had some really nice shirts. They're really nice. Yeah, yeah they're it's still good, around. It's yeah. good stuff. Fashionable. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's French, right? I hope so. <laughs> I think it's Nordstrom's house brand. Actually, I think it probably is. Anyway, okay, keep going. We you, guys are, you guys know more than I do. <laughs> you're, you're fashionable, fashionable guy. Your friends were asking you advice. Yeah, I got a lot of questions, and then eventually, I was like, well, if if my friends have questions, then I'm sure other people do too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started a site where I could answer kind of basic. I didn't really know. So just as a pretense, I didn't really know any. I didn't know where the site was going to go. Yeah. I just knew that there were questions to be answered. Yeah. And I started the site. Nice. Did Did you think of it as a business idea to begin with? Yeah. So from the very beginning, I think that was my difference. I think that was the difference for me versus like kind of the other people who who start a site and fizzle fizzle out yeah yeah oh, um, that, that's a that's a that's a brand keyword <laughs> you, you owe us a nickel clowns come out confetti all over the floor and then they all leave and it feels like leave a mess behind yeah but a bunch of i mean i've seen a bunch of sites that started and they sort of just went away yeah um and i guess i'm kind of a grandfather now in the sense that i've been around for a little bit longer than the majority uh-huh. yeah um and so you started in 2009 2009 yeah, yeah yeah which goes back to our question from the show we did prior about is it too late last week's show yeah <laughs> yeah yeah not that we need to dig and that there were a bunch of sites like mine before i came around and there are a bunch starting now that'll probably be successful in a couple of years yeah right? yeah and there's there's a lot of sites right that have a ton of traffic about this stuff but probably not very much revenue at all Right, yeah. You know, where you could you could have a quarter or a fraction of the of the of the traffic numbers. Yeah. And and so much more revenue because of the way you're coming going about your business, right? Right. And in fact, you know sites that are four, ten times bigger than yours that rely on advertising revenue and struggle, right? Right. And I think a majority of the sites in my particular niche focus on ad revenue because I think they don't know any different. Like they don't know 
to create products that could help educate people. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that's just not their, um, you know, their, the point of their site in the first place. Yeah. Who knows? Because, so like, let's get into that then. What, first of all, what made you think of getting, of doing, of doing the, the product? What, we, we, can we call it product? It's like kind of with content where it's like we kind of can't avoid saying content <clears throat> creation. It's really the industry standard term. And I, but, it, but it's like Frank Shamero has this awesome web stock talk where he talks about like the thing about calling it content is like you don't call a Kurt Vonnegut book content you know what i mean (laughs) but that's what you're calling it right you know you can't call something that you love yeah content yeah but at the same time we kind of have to so so when we say product we just mean something that you sell yeah directly that's not a service to to, something that's valuable you made it it's valuable enough for someone to give you a buck for it yeah um, or more right yeah yeah and it's not a service this is something that you you create once and sell many times basically Mm -hmm. so what is your first product Mm. My first product was so I have I have several uh, ebooks I have two ebooks that I sell. Uh, my first one was kind of like the bigger of the two, I guess. Um, it's basically a guide that will help a guy um, get from wherever he is now to this better dressed version of himself. And most guys come to my site because they, for some reason, they usually have uh, for some reason or another they have like they don't like how they look or they don't like what they're wearing, whatever, whatever. They don't like how they present themselves, so they want to learn how to do it better. Mm. Um, for a specific goal that they're trying to reach. Like maybe they have a job interview or maybe they're trying to talk to a girl or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, things they like that. They just want to feel better about themselves in general. Right. And um, they realize like, oh, I'm, I dress like a schlub. Let me figure out how to uh, make this part of my life better. Yep. Let me let me learn how to present myself better. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they discover my, they, I have a feeling they Google a certain term and they land on my site and yeah. then they kind of consume all the blog posts and then it just kind of goes from there. And then they end up buying this. So the first thing is a book, an ebook, an electronic yeah. book. So can we? Is there a better name for ebook too? Because that's one that's yeah, like, it's, it, terrible. it's like it's a digital book. I call them guides on yeah. the site. Yeah, it's, it's a guide. guide. You made yeah. a guide. They're all guides. Yeah, like yeah. it's not like a complete book. It's not like a five hundred page. Right. No, no, and no. it's also not like a not like a glorified blog post. No, you know what I mean, right? It, it's, yeah. it's somewhere in between where it's like what's great. What I what I like about it is like I'm the kind of guy that would show up on on exactly your site and be like. I don't want to spend a bunch of time like going chronologically and then like maybe you learned certain things but since that first blog post and like I, I just want to get what the best is right now mm-hmm. all in one thing and it really sequ- I want it brief I want I want it to not last you know a month I want it to, I want to be able to get through it in a week understand so much more than I than I did before and basically have my shopping list and have my style locked down and right. that's what I'm imagining those guides doing really well yeah so the guides are very highly targeted like uh, the guy who buys it is he knows he has a specific specific problem and he he figures out that this is going to solve it yeah mm-hmm. and uh and he he buys it i like that no i first of all i love that he immediately started talking about the problem you asked about what was your first product yep and 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 baron you started talking immediately to like well the guy would be would be wanting x y and z he's he's feeling a little unsatisfied with this part of his life so he's probably looking online to try to find that's a great instinct to start talking about the 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 buyer <clears throat> yeah. the person who has the issue and thinking about them instead of like well, I created this thing because I wanted a revenue stream that was diversified from, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you start going down that road, and it's like, oh, clearly you're not selling it. You know, which is a good, it. now, what I'm loving about this so far is um, that in the last, it, I think we stumbled across upon something really brilliant in the last uh, episode I just edited this morning. It, I just episode this morning. It <laughs> Episode this morning? I, I'm sorry, I need to lie down. <laughs> I heard the new Katy Perry album this this morning, and I'm just... <laughs> I'm still trying to just cope with seeing that. seeing world through a prism. Gosh, she has this line. <laughs> Please don't. You're going to embarrass yourself. I love Katy Perry. All right, and <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm unashamed about that. All right, maybe maybe you have a guide, Baron, to sort that out in me. <laughs> but frankly, I think it makes me more of a suitable partner. <laughs> there's so um, there's but, no help for you. But we stumbled across something really brilliant in the last episode, where where um, uh, what we basically said. Uh, we never really said it in as many terms as uh, you're waving at Caleb. So fascinating. Baron's waving at Caleb because Caleb's, he's, he, we've got him in through direct uh, satellite link here. <laughs> I feel bad for Caleb because it's normally like you and I are like dead locked, like on eyes. Yeah. Just like going at it for an hour, basically. Yeah. And Caleb's like, uh, guys, remember, I'm, I'm over here. And uh, now there's I'm, I'm three of us Baron in this room. Baron's dead eyes right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, I like yeah. it. No, no, Good. dead lock, not dead eyes. <laughs> don't, don't give, don't don't give your dead eyes to Baron. <laughs> He'll never come back. Uh, Caleb's dead dead eyes are dead on. So, um, what's Caleb drinking, by the way? Yeah, what do you got? Whiskey straight. Wow. <laughs> because if Caleb was a cocktail, he, he'd be an old fashioned. <laughs> he'd be an old fashioned. 
Zero BS. Touch of sweetness. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> so, um, anyways, what I'm trying to get out here, if you if you'd let me for one minute, is uh, is this cons- this oppor- You can be opportunistic, right? Which is a word I don't exactly know what it means, and I feel like okay, I could be guilty of that, maybe. And I know it has it's a negative connotation it's used negatively. Yeah. But one of the things we stumbled on in the last episode is go 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 deep first on care on what you something you're good at you're decent at and you or you that you care about yeah and then glance sidelong at the opportunities from there um instead of going the other way around right where you're where you're focused completely on the opportunity or like uh, like the definition of an opportunity like whatever that means like oh i don't know right and then maybe glance sidelong on which one of these opportunities you kind of right. are interested in or at least put it this way if you're going into a space that there are people who care about it yeah in yeah. already you better care about it. Mm-hmm. If you're going about into something where nobody cares about it and it's all just a free for all business opportunity, yeah. like marketing, for yeah. example, yeah. Yeah. then fine, don't care about it. Just yeah. use it for what it is. Yeah. But if it's men's style, there are going to be people in there who really care about it. In fact, like Baron said, there's a lot of people who start sites just because they care about it, not because they think of it yeah. as a business opportunity. And in order to compete in that space, you have to love it. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, people are going to see through that and they're going to go to the people who do love it. There's a so there's what I'm what I'm I'm seeing a few brilliant things with just the idea as you've have you as you've explained it Baron because it's um first of all, it's something that you had friends in your life that were saying like, "Hey, what should I do for this?" Like, "Hey, what how about this?" Or like, you know, about little simple fashion questions. They saw you as someone who was better well more put together than they were like, not that you went to school for it or anything like that where you're not a fashion designer are you no. well you weren't then um but he is married he is married to one though yeah. and um so people were just asking you like should i wear socks with my tivas basically <laughs> yeah over and over again <laughs> yeah what's going on well, from portland <laughs> i was going to school in central idaho so i mean frankly the advice was pretty pedestrian but uh <laughs> they talk like southerners in idaho evidently. but for the most part it was yeah exactly that socks with no tivas. offense to our pocatello audience <laughs> Shout out to KRCW who does play us <laughs> relatively often out there in Pocatilla. <laughs> go, go Pocatilla Pontes if you know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, we'll follow back on that. But first of all, you had people in your life that you're seeing. You already saw in a very small way people who were asking you, "I'm interested in, and you can you can help me." So that immediately starts. This is something I see with founders a lot, like. We have all the opportunity in the world to start up a website, uh, and then we really be- we don't really believe that it's going to be valuable or helpful, like what we know about this thing, because we've never had anybody in our meat space in our life, you know, actually tell us or ask us what, hey, what would you do about X, Y, and Z? Because when you do that enough, you realize, oh my God, people just eat this up; they love it. You know yeah. what I mean? In meat space, they love <laughs> they love this. Corbett's over there throwing meat up, you know, having too many meetups with the throw up meat people, and then I'm over here saying, in meat space, this is super valuable. It's all about meat. It's all about. Meat. This is a non-vegan show. It's, people, well, steakmedia.com. It, it could be Satan. Steakmedia. <laughs> steakmedia. That's Call an actual me. website. It redirects to some other meat packaging company oh god i love that uh, anyway sorry this is a long-winded thing but i think we're getting into a very into like a really important essential bit of of being someone who can being in a place where you can actually make something to sell where you realize you have something that's helpful uh to other people yeah and you might that you might realize that's only helpful to like three people in your life before you realize i bet more people struggle with this well in that i so that inkling that this information is useful to people is mm-hmm. usually what leads you to start a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or something yeah. to begin with. Mm-hmm. But then there's a, there's a transition there, which is like Baron said, a lot of people starting the blog is the last thing they do. Basically yeah. the first and the last thing. And they think that magically they're going to start earning an income from it. Yeah. And what we know from research that we've done from friends that we have who only rely on advertising it's very hard to earn a full and from income. our own results of having loads of traffic and running ads and things like sometimes that. Not yeah the typical advertising but even just affiliates or, or whatever yeah. things like that that we've done yeah or exactly. having lots of people lots of affiliates of our own products yeah you know so baron when did you decide to create a product and and why it took me about two years to create the first e- Two years, really? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Two years before you decided, or two years to write it? Uh, Two years 
until the day I actually released it. Oh, from the start okay. of the blog to the day mm-hmm. you released it, it was two years. Right. You weren't like in the in the you know the cabin making the guide for two years. No, no, no. No. <laughs> it, it took me a while to make it though, because yeah. you know it's your first thing and you want it to be good. Yeah. And you kind of fall into this thing of you want it to be perfect and yeah. et cetera, but eventually you have to just push it out there. What did you learn from that like whole wanting it to be perfect thing? Um post releasing it, it's never really gonna be perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, you could always, you know, iterate upon it. Mm-hmm. You could always release like a second version. Mm-hmm. Most people won't even notice the little things that you notice, though. Yeah, you know, so that, that, that's that's another thing that's that's I've I've realized as well, and I've heard this from like um, for a lot of Kickstarter projects, people who do that, like they'll they'll their first one, they'll throw in a bunch of bonuses and do a bunch of this stuff, and then they realize how freaking horrible it is to fulfill all those orders and put all that <laughs> stuff together. Totally, and people bought it re- re- like not yeah. for the shirt for the main thing you were making yeah, right and so the next time they go around it's like no like there's yeah. like mm-hmm. there's like one or two like bonuses um because but I, I see it directly related to not just the pain of, of fulfilling those orders but of like real realizing okay people bought it for you know the the 30 pages at the core of this 100 page guide like that's that's or whatever it ends up being so it could be 25 percent quote unquote worse or 25% quote unquote better probably you have the same exact result exactly you know because yeah. not, not 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 because people are stupid but just because as the person creating the thing you get you do that perfectionistic thing you do that you have the fear uncertainty and doubt of first of all nobody's ever going to buy this second of all they're all going to question my, like my expertise about like i am i'm not in any i've never written for the new york times or written a book or anything like that i'm not an expert in this right so why would anybody buy my thing and and so you have all of these fears about this stuff and insecurity and then you ship it and and you get that first email like you you've made twelve dollars and 95 cents and you're right Oh my God! And right, then the next one, and then not that it always works out so great, but like still, when you flex your muscle and made something and put it into the world, and and one person said like that's worth that's worth my dollar, like that is what a sense. Do you remember that moment? Oh yeah. What was it like? It was awesome. Was it? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Because you know you have all these doubts, and then you're. So the thing is, like, it's a there's a silent majority who won't necessarily say they love you or hate you. They just support yeah. you silently. Yeah. yeah. And they buy your stuff. They don't and, leave comments. They never email right. you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're the people that are reading your site all the time. And, yeah. And you never they never say anything. Them. Exactly. Dude, now, hold on. That in and of itself is a big piece, too. Right? That's like because a whole episode right there. There are the yeah. vocal minorities as well yeah. who are either like super in love with you or super hate you or whatever or like meh about it. But that's by and large for our audiences, those are like people in Fizzle. A lot of them aren't active on the forums. Right. right, and we'll we'll all email and be like, "Hey, I noticed you haven't done this that, and the other." And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm just I'm going through the content. Like, I have a successful business. I'm loving it so much. Exactly, it's helping me so much. Yeah, like and and something that Chris Johnson said to me is is uh, you know who your audience is. Your audience is the people who are going to be successful, whether or not whether like without you. <laughs> well, those are the people you want for your audience. That, that, right. well, yeah. that, that, so that's yeah. the target audience. Yeah, people who are going to end up looking good with or without you, but they know there's a value on uh on doing it quicker or doing or having someone else's uh, advice on this thing early on so i don't have to waste a bunch of or time sometimes on they just want permission like in your case i bet there are a lot of guys who just want basically you to say it's okay to care about how you look right or like validation on something they were already thinking in the first place yeah right. exactly right. so uh, another thing that that is sort of built into what you've said so far is well first and foremost you're targeting just men yeah. with this thing which uh to me as a guy who did a dad blog like that ended up being more of an important distinction than I than I thought it would be. Like doing a dad blog versus a parenting blog, mm-hmm. ma- massively different. So doing like a men's fashion versus you know fashion for the the outlook and direction of your business for the time being. Well, and it's not even men's fashion. You're talking about guys who are early on in the process. Right. This isn't. You're not competing with GQ. You're not talking yeah. about the the runway, mm-hmm. right? So talk, tell me a little bit about. Uh, I don't know any thoughts that you had going into that about. Uh, who you thought your audience was and maybe how that was how that grew and changed over time or maybe even shrunk and got more specific. Yeah, I think, well, let me think, you know, it's like, I already knew going into it that the audience was going to be what it is right now. Yeah. Um, you already had that hunch. I think so because just the things that I am able to teach or talk about, you're at a certain level if you have to know that stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you still have to learn it. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm a, let's say I'm a six out of on a one to 10 scale, mm-hmm. these guys are like ones or twos, for example. You're totally a seven. 
I hope so. Yeah. You're <laughs> Shoot that 7.5. <laughs> My man. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the, you know, the audience is, is, is what I pictured it to be. Um, there's a lot of them, which is great. Um, you know, and I mean... But it's also not like it. Like a traditional advertiser would be like, uh, you know, what, I don't know. They would look at, at 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 the way you describe them and either call them like the twenty to thirty something young man audience. Like that's a huge demographic. It's really great, you know. This and the other, but that you're not thinking about it that way. You're, are you targeting more like your yourself? Are you looking at people who are like basic? You're like, this is what I wish I would have had five years ago or something like that. Right. Definitely more. Definitely more of a basic level. Also, there's more there's more content content there's yeah. more like information we, we get to say content we, we, we're owning it and we're taking it back we're turning it into something like a love bite i mean they they need certain things that yeah. some I, I don't want like someone like me wouldn't think about it necessarily and and you have i have to actively think oh what is the what is the what is the guy at level two uh-huh. need from me right yeah. so i mean i, I don't want i don't want to teach guys who are eights or not because there's a bunch of guys who know more than i do i'm yeah. not like an expert i mean i'm an expert i guess but yeah. not really yeah like there are guys who are much more knowledgeable about like obscure italian suiting brands yeah, like, yeah i have no idea what that stuff is right mm-hmm. or like um you know like uh really japanese fancy denim yeah. things like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about everything about those things but they're like really niche experts on these topics yeah, yeah. i'm not and, and and the majority of the guys that all of the guys on my site they're they don't they like that stuff and they like they think about how cool it is maybe mm-hmm. but they really just want to look better at the office yeah right yeah. they they want to just impress the girl a little bit more you yeah. know and they uh, probably they can't look- afford that niche stuff. I was like, like can't ta- afford who's it talking? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? It is, it's a voice from Wodge. <laughs> this is the voice of Wodge. Sorry, Wodge. You said Say they probably again. can't afford that stuff, right, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but your target market is usually people that are getting into fashion, and those people typically are getting into fashion because now they have money to spend on clothes and not right. sweatpants or something. Right, and they, and they don't, and they, and, and they don't want to just <laughs> buy trousers. They don't want to buy like inc- incorrectly, but they don't want to buy like um, just things. Like they, they, the my audience, like they care about more about um, like I would say fit or uh, qu- quality, mm-hmm. not necessarily buying like the fancy brand name stuff. Yeah, it's almost. And like also, more, would you say more classics? I think so. Yeah, yeah. definitely more classics. And also, how the lot. wardrobe works together as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, so the, I, I try to focus on like buy buy stuff now that you can you can you can wear now. And in twenty, so I always say this: in twenty years, you can look at a photo of yourself and not be that embarrassed. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. My dad looked a lot cooler a long time ago. I'll be honest. He had, you know, he was holding me on his arm, and it was like this long, shaggy hair. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a truck in the background, and like that was kind of cool. Right. But now, so people are hearing this and they're being like, "Okay, I don't need to learn how to buy Japanese denim. What I need to learn is how to do my business thing." So, but what, what's baked into what you're saying, uh, and I think this is another big important thing. God, you are full of them you realize that there are people who know more than you and that's fine. You don't have to go to school and X, Y, and Z in order to teach the people who know 80% less than you right now about, you know, and, and that's also a hard thing for people to get used to because like I could make this book, but I might be wrong. And the guy that knows about the Japanese trousers is going to find me and he's going to write a comment on my blog, (laughs) you know, never happens. and, And even if it did, so what? Right. There, you can point to like hundreds of people who have bought the thing and who have written you the testimonials saying like, oh, dude, just emailed you back saying, thank you. Like I looked like a total doofus and now like look at me, I'm married and she's attractive and beautiful and, right. and, and it's a he, yeah. you know, and I, I landed one of those good looking guys or, okay. or whatever, you know. There's also this thing I think where there are plenty of people out there who are reading blogs and just thinking to themselves over and over again like, Oh God, I can't believe that guy has a blog. Like he really yeah. doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And then they just go on and with their lives and and never think that, oh, they could create one themselves. Yeah. But it turns out the joke's on them because that guy who they think is an idiot or whatever actually had the cojones to just put himself yeah. out there and start sharing what he did know with the world. And maybe it's harder to actually express yourself and to get the point across than you think it is. Like maybe you're reading your site and you're like, oh, he doesn't. He doesn't know everything, but then if yeah. you try to write it yourself, it's like, yeah. oh, it's actually harder to do that than you. But let's talk I think, about. Right. Oh, go I think for another it. thing about audiences is they want you to tell them what to do. How many times have you been searching to figure out how to do something, and you're like, I would pay a lot of money right now if someone just told me how to do this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Like yeah. you just did that with the with ghost the details platform. Yeah. yeah. With all the details. Yeah. Yeah. So, but let's talk about this though. This lowest common denominator factor because I think this is important. Uh, this is something that I heard Steve Jobs say on one of those All Things D 
seminar things that he said. He said, I think it's really important that this nation doesn't descend into a world of of blogging as the media or whatever. And what he was getting at is is like is something different than what we are talking about when we say blogs. What he's talking about, I think, is more in terms of like, hey, New York Times needs to exist. Like, yeah. We need to have independent but professional journalism who are doing the fact checking, who are doing X, Y, and Z. And Steve right. never really cared that much for, for bloggers because they broke stories before he wanted them to or, or whatever, right? Um, but but the, the, the sentiment stays, right? Because um, the truth is you get better as a salesman like the dumber you get. I've I've been in situations where I was simply, and this is not because I'm smart. It's just because I fall in love with technology and I fall in love with what things are, and I and I and I geek out about things. I was too smart to make the sale, and that's why you know my boss up in Portland was like, "No way, I would never let you be my sales guy. You're my marketing guy because you fall in love with the technology. You know what it means. You know this, that, and the other. You don't know how to shut up and take the sale." Um, and and you can see this in personality types. People who are good at selling things online and believing that they have something worth selling, they're, they're, just, they're just hustlers, typically. You know, people who are, at the, like, one of the things that we, I've been uh, putting into the elevator pitch of Fizzle recently, as I've been practicing it, is this sense that, that like, the people who can make the things, who are actually have the skills to make the things that are going to change the world, are those who are least likely to do so because they're too they're too concerned they might not have the right answer. They're mm-hmm. too kind of self-conscious or they're too, you know, they're, they're more likely to have those vibes instead of like the dumb guy from Long Island who's like, oh yeah, I can see, yeah, I can figure that out for you. Yeah, we can put no. that together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's completely true. And so meaning like there's someone out there who's like, yeah, I can sell the product. I can make the thing. And they put some piece of crap together Yeah, and they give us all a bad well, name. Well, and also there's just all these mental limitations and some people are like, yeah, why wouldn't I have a seven figure business online? Yeah. And then they do it. Whereas the rest of us are like, oh, it's impossible for me to even make a, enough living yeah. to leave my job. Yeah. And that's the mental prison you live in, and it's really hard. And it's a weird balance between the two, because if you go too far on either side, you don't end up, you don't end up having a smile on your face by the end of the day. So, you know? so what we're trying to do, I think, in this episode is encourage people to get dumber about the thing they're trying to do and to get out of your head mm-hmm. and to just start producing things that solve problems and put them out there for sale. Because that's really... At its fundamental level, yeah. that's what a business is. You find a problem, you create a solution, you put it out there and put a price tag on yeah. it. That's yeah. it. That's all it is. And all of us spend months or years talking ourselves out of it while the dumb guy from Long Island or whatever, mm-hmm. as Chase said, is just doing it because he doesn't have all those mental blocks about yeah, it. Yeah, because because the nature of that guy's story for is, you know, yeah, mom was a single mom, like dad wasn't around and whatever. He had to hustle and do this, that, and the other. Like, yeah. It's baked in. Right. And a lot of us don't, like that That was a hard life, but it also, it it way better educated and prepared him and, or her for, for what it looks like to be entrepreneurial, yeah. independent yeah. in yeah. that way, yeah. you know? Um, and so what you're, what I, what, how I would summarize what you just said, Corbett, would be like, realize that there's 10 people who know less than you and make that thing. You're feeling my genes now. because you, That's so nice. You like them, yeah. Realize that there are 10 people who know less than you and one or two of them might be willing or interested in paying for your yeah. answer. And and sell it for a buck. Put some, put a, put it like five, write, this is one of the things in the, in the design course uh, that I have in Fizzle, which is, which is, if you ever want to learn about how to do the blog design thing, like there's five hours of footage where I walk you through how we how I do it, and then we actually do it on nerdfitness.com. But then, then the last, the second to the last uh, uh, lesson is 20 minutes of me saying, "Here's exactly what I would do if I was starting up a blog right now." And one right. of the things ends up being like, I would pick this thing that I have, you know, 10 to 20 people that I know probably by name that I could help them with. Yep. And I would write those blog posts for that, right? Right. I'd write 20, whatever. For those specific people. And then that would turn into, with some editing, the book that ends up coming out. for, And I would sell it for like $2 or something like that. Not two seventy nine, dollars not two forty three. Like I would sell it for $2 or $9 or, or $20 or $200, yeah. depending on what it is. And, and then you realize, like, it, I did the work over you know three months to write those 20 blog posts about a specific topic and now I've got a thing that can sell for five bucks for the rest of my life right you know right. and and I can edit it and revise it I can see what people think what did I, what time did I waste on that I spent five weeks putting that together or something you know what I mean yeah and I've learned so much about myself and, and what this, this is like this to, is something I, I think Baron experienced and we talked about this when you were building your product where <clears throat> you're putting all this like weight on this product that you're going to release Baron's beating us on the Negroni by the way <laughs> killing it all this, this, guy, this guy's a fish. <laughs> He's a professional. 
um, you put all this weight on the thing that you're going to release and you're thinking, oh my God, I'm spending a month on this. It better be a home run. Yeah. And, and then two years goes by since you launched the thing and now you realize, ah, the value is that I spent a month working on this thing and every day I get these little emails from <laughs> whoever I sell this thing through. You sell yours through Gumroad, right? Right. So you get these little emails from Gumroad that a few people bought this thing every day or whatever it is. Yeah. And you realize that, ah, I put all this effort into this thing, and over the course of two years, it, it adds up to serious cash in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the first month or whatever made or, or broke that product, right? Right. So, I almost well, everyone gets so caught up with launch numbers, like how many do they sell in the first yeah. day or week or whatever. I, I hate that. I hate that culture. I hate that culture of, it, it's true, you're going to make, you're, you're, like launch is a big deal. Like you're going to do, you're going to have more of an excuse to publicize and do everything when you launch than you will at, at any other time through the course of the product potentially. But, but like I have a buddy who, who made a movie, you know, Donald Miller made a movie about his life. <laughs> they made a movie and he wasn't satisfied with the box office numbers. And I'm like, Think about the long tail of this thing. You have an absolutely rabid fan base who doesn't know how to go to the theater. Right. Like they're not going to show up in big numbers in theaters because it, they don't exist in that in that kind of number. They can't. You can't put a dent in blockbuster. You're talking about Lord of the Rings, man. You know, don't compare yourself there. Uh, but the long tail of that thing and of that of your product, Baron, like these things are. That's an important thing, and that launch culture just leads you to say sh- stuff that's not good. Totally. You know what I mean? I think it's important to do a really good launch and to do the best you can as far as like publicizing, getting it out there. But like Corbett said, the long term thing is like every day I get three to six sales and yeah. it pays my rent, you know, yeah. things like that. So I think it's, I think it's good to. <laughs> it pays your rent. <laughs> yeah. So like that's no insignificant part where the, the clowns yeah. come out and the confetti. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So you, I'm in San Francisco. I mean, it's expensive out here. Yeah. And so you, so you, you waste, you spent two years not launching anything. Finally, you got off your ass and created an ebook. And it turns out that thing, that product, whatever you want to call it, pays your rent. Yeah. Literally. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of an asshole to myself. Like, I, I'm like, ah, you could do more. You could do better. You could yeah. do cooler things. Your yeah. site could have more traffic. Yeah. Could, yeah. Well, you did make another product. So why did you make a second one? And how is it different? Uh, it's 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 so uh, the second e guide I launched was targeted more towards uh, like college guys, so younger. So I, I, the price point's a little lower, and actually that that sells a lot too. Mm. So it's kind of interesting because um, when you have a higher uh, price point for one product versus a lower one, you can kind yeah. of see the I don't know I don't know how to talk about, it, but you can see like the difference of how it sells, and, yeah, yeah, and, you know who buys it, things like that. Yep. Um, but anyway, it all adds up to you know a rent. A, a rent check yeah. or whatever. So you, know? you, you said Gumroad. How has Gumroad been? Because I mean, I'm I we did a founder story with the with the yeah. founder of Gumroad, and it just seems like such an awesome thing. Like I'm not I'm looking for an excuse to put something on Gumroad basically because it just seems like they make it really easy. What's your experience been like with that? I recently so I recently put my products on Gumroad. It originally it was on eJunkie. It still is on eJunkie. Yeah. So if if um, for some reason or other people don't want to use credit card, they can. There's like a small link to uh, like a PayPal type yeah, thing. Yeah. Um. So it's you know it's like probably half and half. I would say Gumroad okay. half PayPal. Um. And what was the question? What, what's, what's has Gumroad the experience like? with Gumroad been good? I think Gumroad's cleaner as far as um just implementation and just the look of it in general. I mean, is it as simple as you basically you sign up for an account, you upload yeah. your product, you it's like really say easy. like this is what I want to do, and then you have a link. Yeah. And you have a, a button that you put on your site, like Setting every. Up. Everything setup's easy. The the setting up the coupons are easy if you want to like give discounts to yeah. some customers, whatever. Yeah. Super simple. I think that's the technology behind that is not insignificant for us as as digital makers or whatever. Like this is a big deal because PayPal really has sucked for a very long time. Yeah, right. but it, it hasn't been that bad. You can put a button on the site and do the thing. Well, but the thing that Gumroad does for you for people that are thinking about putting out their first ebook. It handles the fulfillment as well. Yes, which is no small thing because yeah. in the olden days, you had WordPress like a link that expired and stuff. Yeah, you had to like figure out some way to deliver your book and handle it after somebody paid for it. Right. And I guess eJunkie can do that sort of thing as well. They take care of fulfillment, yeah. But it's, yeah. the setup is much different, and by different, I mean really hard. Yeah, yeah, right. So Gumroad, literally, you create your book, finish it however you want it to look—a PDF. You upload it. Then you set a price, they give you a link, you can create a page if you want for it, and basically people enter their credit card and then it gives them the book. It's What's like the percent as simple as they take on that? Five. Uh, five, 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 yeah. five percent. Okay. So it's a little higher than you might 
do yourself with yeah. Stripe or something. Right. But it's super easy. Oh, but, do, but rolling our own with Stripe was super complicated. Like if I didn't, if you weren't here, Corbett, doing the the technical things that you like, the development stuff that you know how to do, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I don't. Well, there are some easy ways to do things with Stripe. So if people are interested in Stripe, if you go to their implementation page, there's actually a way to just create a button yeah. that allows somebody to pay for something. However, then you have to deal with fulfillment. So you yeah. have to figure out how to actually All deliver the okay. thing. So. And so and and Stripe takes what three percent like a typical. It's two point nine percent plus thirty yeah. cents. Same thing with PayPal, right? Yeah, PayPal 2. has 9. more discounts as you scale. Uh-huh. So at three thousand dollars a month in sales, yeah. it starts to get cheaper for you with PayPal. Whereas Stripe is linear up to a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So you might be paying a little bit more with Stripe, and and definitely more with Gumroad, and even more with ClickBank. So yeah. it kind of depends. But the thing is, like ease of use, and you can't discount. The fact that with Gumroad, people are probably going to be buying it more yeah, than if so. it looks like a sketchy ClickBank or or you know totally. junky thing because it does. We were we were on the site yesterday and it looks it just looks great. Even that that Gumroad just that Gumroad page that was, was probably just a you just upload an image to your thing and say this is what it's like and yeah. a handful and it they just it just populates that page for you right and yeah God that seems so great like that's not insignificant that's a big deal to be able to just throw like make something like throw you know you poop on a plate. Take a picture of it. Go to Gumroad. Try to sell it for a dollar. Yep, I'd buy you know, it. You, you would if you pooped. This okay. is another thing that I that I've been thinking about because, like, if Merlin Man put out anything, anything, you would buy it for five dollars, for twenty five dollars, for fifty dollars. I'd be really, really prone to buy it. Why? Because I spent a long time following this guy, and I really like him. I really resonate with his point of view on things, um, and I think we discount that. Not that that maybe and I mean I'm a super fan of Merlin's probably right yeah but like there's it's the same thing like I there's there's a there's three people that would buy something that if I put it out there even if it was like below what I wanted to put out there or like didn't get to my expectations or something well I I mean I think there are if you put something out there there's all this fear that nobody's going to buy it it's going to yeah. be a big waste of time I mean mostly I think the reason people don't put stuff out there is because they're really afraid that nobody's going to buy it and it's going to be a giant waste of time. That people are going to laugh at them and like be like, "Who do you think you are?" Which never happens. Yeah. Um. Or you're just kind of like lazy and procrastinating, honestly, because yeah. it, it takes like a good solid couple of months of work right. to. Create and most something. of the time, you're doing this on the side, right? It's like there's not really a deadline. You're not. You haven't get no no boss is breathing down your neck saying, "Yeah, that needs to be out by the third quarter." You know. Yeah. And, and that's hard. However, when you launch something, a couple of things might happen. Either. You're going to be pleasantly surprised that this thing actually sells. I like, the, which, I like the way you get kind of sexy with your voice when you say that. You're which, <laughs> which happens far more often than 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 you know you expect. Like we talked to a lot of people who are like, "Holy crap! I put this thing out there and people actually bought it, yeah. and I can't believe it." Like our friend Brett Kelly with Evernote Essentials, mm-hmm. he sold like hundreds of thousands of dollars of this ebook on Evernote, which is really crazy. Um, or if that doesn't happen. At a bare minimum, you're going to learn a whole lot about the whole process, figure out what you did wrong, and set yourself up better for the next time. And if you're serious about building this business and like setting yourself free so that you can leave your day job, which, Baron, you've been self-employed for a couple of years now, yeah. um, you have to put out a product to sell. Yeah. Like That's the thing standing in your way. And even if you're going to put one out that doesn't sell, then you're getting closer to the, putting one out that does so that you can actually leave your day job. I think the good thing, so I know we talked about, I, one of my main complaints was that I didn't release it soon enough. Yeah. But I think one of the good, or two of the good things about that is, um, one, I had an audience to sell to, yeah. right? Because it grew yeah. over the period of two years. Mm-hmm. And two, I had an audience to ask questions to, like, so yeah. what do you want from me? Mm. And I emailed them plenty of times, like, yep. what, can I, what can I make for you that'll help you? Yeah. You know, what problems of yours can I solve? So how important was that in making the product, like hearing from them? Beforehand, monumentally, because their their questions and their concerns were what formed the the outline of the mm. book that I wrote. So, yeah. uh, like one of the uh, the the what I call the, the Derek Halpern email trick or whatever, where dollar in the jar, yeah, <laughs> dollar in the jar from it. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it, every time this is something he started, and I've started doing uh, on all our stuff as well. Is every time someone su- subscribes, and this is like for me with Ice to the Brim, it's just a text expander snippet. I don't have some fancy autoresponder. I just, someone subscribes, I double click their email address and I, I write them a little note, a little love letter basically. And, and it asks them That's a sweet. question, you know, it's sweet. It's really sweet. Uh, but it asks them that question. Like, hey, as a working man, what are you struggling with right now? Did you do something similar where everybody who's signed up for the email list, like you would ask a question of, or do you have any other like specific sort of 
uh, advice for people on that? For the for the two e guides, I didn't. But for the membership site that I created, I I asked them when people were signing up yeah. because they were interested. I asked them, so what do you want to learn? Uh-huh. Um, and I got a ton of. Emails. Do you find with Father Apprentice when I did that, I found that. Like I, I know exactly if I ever did a product, I know exactly what it would be about because about 60 to 70% of the answers were all the same mm. from those guys. Did you, did you find the same, uh, thing with your audience? For the most part. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, there were like a set of topics that came up over and over again. So basically themes throughout all the emails that I've yeah. gotten. And also it kind of, it's funny cause, uh, those are the same kind of emails I've gotten that were independent of me asking people, what do you need to learn? They would mm. just email me out of nowhere and be like, hey, how do I do this? Yeah. And it, 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 there was, you know, similar threads. So I, I kind of knew what needed to, to yeah. happen, mm-hmm. essentially. Did you mm-hmm. start take, keeping track of those in any sort of formalized way, or was that just up in your brains? Um, yeah, I, I... How many brains do you have? I just, I just have one. Is two. One's in the stomach. Okay. One's, one's somewhere else. <laughs> I did not learn it. Yeah, humans have two brains. Wow. Cows have two stomachs. Even have two so we're so so we're encouraging people to put products out sooner because like almost everybody that we talk about is well, well, like well, well, I no, wish I had done not even sooner. that necessarily that person who like it, who it is right to make a thing that they've that they've been kind of dicking around mm-hmm. make the thing yeah you know what I mean try yeah. it out break the seal put something out there for one dollar and realize oh yeah yeah, yeah right. I know what I want to do next however <laughs> the other side of this coin is that. There is such a thing as too early. Yeah. You create a product and you have no idea who it's for, what problem it solves. Right. You don't have a group of people that's interested to buy it, willing to buy it. And you put it out there and it is a bit of a waste of time because you just made a guess and it turns out it was wrong. Totally. And you don't there's nothing to learn from that necessarily. So we 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 constantly have this discussion with people about should I create a product first or should I build an audience first? Yeah. And the answer for us is almost always you should start building the audience and then build the product sort of alongside it. But mm-hmm. start with the audience in mind first. But don't wait too long when you create the audience yeah. because people go two or three years building an audience without creating a product. And then there's a bunch of learning and revenue left on the table. And at some point, it's like it's easy to say like I only have ten people, so it's not really an audience. Well, no, that's an that's an audience. Yeah, right. You're shepherding. You're 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 stewarding an audience. There, there's people with real hopes and dreams, and real challenges, and they're looking for you to to, to alleviate their pain in some small and meaningful way. Yep. And it's like so that's already the learning process is starting even with five or ten people. You know, so no audience is too small to start gleaning it, gleaning like to understand as the founder what's truly valuable and interesting to them. Yeah. And you know? don't discount the fact that when you create a product for sale, your audience and just the world is going to see you in a different way. Yeah. You're going to actually gain some status and authority because you put something out there that's like a complete package. Yeah. And that actually can help you grow. To be honest, just a picture of Baron just feels like the complete package to me. Mm-hmm. It can be. <laughs> <laughs> just, Caleb, what are you hearing over there? What, okay, what, what, are, what are you hearing? Like to summarize, or just no, just, just I don't know what 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 what's sticking around in your mind after after we've been sort of negroning over here. You know, well, I think that Caleb. everyone already has their first product idea if they haven't released a product. They already have it in their head. They tell people about it. They have outlines and notebooks about it. Titles that they've been thinking up. Well, you I just think have to sit down and do it. That's for sure your personality type because I didn't. I never have. And it wasn't until I started doing the email thing where I heard back from so many people. Like, yeah, I struggle with this one thing. Yeah, I struggle with this one thing. Yeah, this is probably the hardest part of my thing. Yeah, this is. It's like where I was like, oh my god, oh dude, totally. And to me, that's what it took to realize like that was a thing that could be made. And I can picture for you, Baron, just having friends that where you could see. They had this need. You answered their question. They felt really empowered by the answer, I'm imagining. Because, I mean, I don't look very good very often, but when I do, I feel great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that like a most interesting man in the world sort of thing? I don't, I don't always look good, but when I do, it was because of feel great. <laughs> but, wait, wait, so, but keep going, because that is, there's you know, a bunch of people who probably do have that notebook full of stuff. Yeah, and so actually turn it into... A product like start writing it <laughs> yeah start figuring out what the name of it's going to be start figuring out when you're going to launch it how you're going to launch it instead of just talking about it what would you I say talked about my first product for the longest time what would you say is important is the most important piece about that that list that you just kind of rattle off like what are you going to name it when are you going to launch it what's what's going to be in it that's like if you were going to tell someone like you know what 
take two weeks and figure out this or take three days and, and, and do this, what would you say? I would figure out like table of contents and set a date. What would you and, do, Corbett? And the rest will come together. Like we said, there's nothing more powerful than a deadline. Yeah. Just set a date and be like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna spend, I think I can get this done in three weeks. So add two weeks to it or double double that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Set a date and just force yourself to do it yeah. so that as you get closer and closer to that date, you just start weeding out things that you thought you wanted to do, but that you realize you don't have time to do. But the most important thing is that you actually get it out on yeah. that day. Well, and, I didn't think of what we did with Fizzle because we set a date, but we also said this is alpha or beta version. It's not going to have everything we want in it in the beginning, but we're going to release it. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's another way to do it. What too. would you say? Not only set a date, but publicly talk about it on mm. your site or mm. whatever. Would, would If you had some, some way that like things were at stake, like you had to pay a friend $200, if you didn't ship it by that date, would you need to talk about it online? Or do you think uh, the talking about it online? And two other people is more important than just because when I when I talk about things online and say that I'm going to do this by this date, I feel like my butt's on the line. Right. You know Same here. I mean? Like, and then I, you don't I, do I, it. There's stakes. You know. And then I mean? you don't do it because of that, or no, I did. I do do it. Yeah. I do. Right. But do do. I do do. I well, do do all over it. In fact, but the other <laughs> but, but the other side of that is that the talking about it online is what leads to yeah, a successful yeah successful launch. It's true. So, yeah. So, okay, so you'd say not just set a not just set a date and a deadline. You'd start talking about it as well. There so. is that there is that thing where you like you know you, you, there's like a site that you can uh, Tim Ferriss your way to success by like paying you know the George oh, you W. Can, Bush like, someone. Foundation. Yeah. if you do this, that, and the other, I don't think that works. Maybe, maybe, maybe it, it does. but I mean monetarily, you can say, all right, I have to pay two hundred dollars if I don't do this thing or whatever. What were you going to say? You're going to say something, Baron. Uh no, something profound. Th- no, no, it's called, really profound. It was about that to come site out. is called <laughs> Stick with two Ks. Stick with two Ks. You set a goal, oh, and right. if you don't achieve it, it sends money to a charity that you hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. If I don't it depends it. on you, I guess. Right? Because yeah. if you're mo- if you're motivated by you know having to spend your money, then sure. Yeah. But to me, it's more like I want to be. I feel um not indebted. What's the word? Like I feel uh res- obligated. Re- yes. Yeah. yeah. To my audience, like if I say I'm going to do something for them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to do it for them. Well, that's because you're not a piece of Maybe. You know, I, you might have some piece of friends that would say something and then they would do like, man, not they do wouldn't it. even come close to doing yeah. it. Oh, really? I said that, man? Sorry. Can I borrow your car? <laughs> <laughs> Mind if I crash on your couch for like two days or so? <laughs> Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, yeah, I need to, do you have any sweet vermouth? Yeah, no, I'll just take the whole thing. No, I'll get you back. Thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> What's interesting to me, I think for me, the product thing, the most interesting thing about the product thing is the making of the thing. I think, uh, and that's because I'm more of like the, the creative e type. I love that environment. I face my own demons every single time I'm in that environment and I'm doing that stuff. I think uh, potentially others, like Corbett, you might be like, I like making the thing, but it really makes sense once I start selling the thing and I see the combination of these two things. Mm. I think my, I'm, my personality is prone to be too, uh, I don't know, engrossed in the making of the thing, which is why I would never ship it because I, it's never perfect enough. That's why those things always end up being so important to me yeah. to just realize, like, hey, get it out the door and make 2.0 super, a little bit better than the than that one. Well, and this is where, this is where in some cases the dumb guy wins. He totally does. The dumb guy is just like, I'm going to make this thing and they make it really shit. To yeah, be honest, yeah. like uh, there are a lot of people with really crappy products out there <laughs> with six and seven figure businesses because they launched six of them over the course of a year yeah. where you spent three years never doing anything. Sure. Yeah, and they don't have any qualms about self promotion, about about doing marketing yeah. things that way, and just like they're they're not interested in in winning over the the guy who knows about the super fancy Japanese denim or the Italian like like I'm more of that insecure nature who's like going to think much more about that and yeah. it and it. It makes what I do really good when I do it, but it also makes me prone to not do the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a danger. Uh, there's a there's a huge danger in that because life is way too short to feel like everybody else is an expert all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's what the empowering thing is about this digital well, internet revolution. It's like you guys, this is our life. This is our world. Like we can do this. We can make something about shoe shops in the mission. And it and it could be worth a dollar to someone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's phenomenal. Totally, I love that shoe shop mission. It's a good idea. It's a tongue twister. You know, and so 
if I was to, if I was to summarize my whole thing, I would say think super small uh, at first. At first, think super small. I love Baron that you had you got to like have friends that were and you could see on their faces and and, and in their in their behavior afterwards like the effect of your advice on them of your of your little bits of information and and, ed, and education for them. You realize okay this this is empowering. You realize you had something to give. You know, even though there's guys who know about fancy Italian suits and, and fancy Japanese selvage denim, it's like you knew you at least had this this to do for the, the layman out there who's trying to. That, for me, is life-changing and, and completely, like, course-altering mm-hmm. because that is what gets me out of, like, that's where I realize there's things at stake for these guys. I've been the guy who's looked schlumpy, and then when I started, like, feeling more confident based on just what I'm wearing, it changes my life. Like, and so when I got involved, when I see that with Father Apprentice, guys who are like dying, you know, they, they feel like I'm not cut out for this. And this is, this is not me. I feel trapped. I'm suffocating in my life. And then they see a Louis CK or, or, you know, very few of them would see someone like me doing like almost jokes, but, but meaningfully about how to just stick it out and realize what the good things is and balancing these, these sort of outlooks. They felt like, Oh my God, somebody else too. Yep. You know, and I saved, I know of guys I've saved their, saved their lives. Like, because some of the other guys saved my life too. You know, like that is, that's when you realize there's things at stake. And there and there's real serious upsides to you just sharing that that two bit piece of information that you had about a fasonable shirt or however we say that. And all of a sudden, like this guy's this guy's walking around the world ready to pierce and penetrate and do something interesting instead of being you know a yeah, nobody. I'm not very good. I'm probably just going to play video games. Not very good at anything. I would I would rewind the tape about four seconds or so. Pierce and penetrate. I had a mentor. He had a mustache. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Um, if I had to summarize, one other thing that I'd add to this mix yeah. is that there is real power in finding people who are doing things and just accept that actually doing things and accomplishing things yeah. is the norm and stop hanging out with people who are like second guessing oh, cool. everything that, that they do and that you do and everything else. Do you because- feel like creator and consumer is a good way of talking about this? I've heard that before. Like there's creators and there's consumers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I think um, or just peers, or just peers. Yeah, well, making making the creators creators your peers instead of just the pure consumer side of things. Yeah, meaning meaning like I eat up I eat up things. I eat up movies. I eat up video games. I eat up all this other stuff. And then the other guys are making the movies and making the video games, and making the blog posts, and making the things. Yeah, like that. yeah, absolutely. And we um, in San Francisco here a few years ago, some of, us, fancy in San Francisco. some of us, some of oh, us, some of us in San Francisco a few years ago, we didn't wear <laughs> pants on the bus. Oh, aren't we interesting? <laughs> Some of us met at some shady meetups, uh, Baron and Scott and I and some other people, and um, we became friends, and yeah. all of us were interested in actually doing things instead of like, you know, pondering for five years why, you know, this was going to fail. And it just, it's kind of infectious when you start yeah. hanging out with people who are doing stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, I should do that too. Like, why not? Right. I love it. Anything else to add, Caleb? Are we done here? No. I just want to hear the word meetup a few more times in this episode. <laughs> meetup, throw meetup. Throw meetup. We're going to meet get anything up. out of We're going to throw meetup. <laughs> How else could we? Well, I, I've got nothing else for meetup besides meetup, throw meetup, throw meetup. And uh, Baron, you want to say anything sexy for the uh, listeners before we meet? <laughs> that is sexy. Meet. <laughs> just, just careful. <laughs> careful, Caleb. He's going to steal your watch bombs. <laughs> Um, I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've, I've been, been Caleb Lawrence Wojcik. Oh. Jesus, sorry, I forgot about you. <laughs> we were pointing. We were pointing. Hold on, it let's do that again. Delay again you know? Let's do that again. Caleb, you're you're always the caboose because you close okay. us out. I think he might have okay? said his middle name. I have been Chase. War- <laughs> I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I have been Corbett Barr. I have been Daniel Baron Quadro. Oh shoot! And I've been Caleb Lawrence Wojcik. Boom! Booyah! Go. <laughs> You only live once, guys. So there you have it. Our thanks to Baron for joining us on the show. Uh, it, it wasn't an interview, as you, you can see. It, it was more like we did the Fizzle Show at him. So thanks, Baron, for joining. Um, fizzleshow.co slash 26. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 26. One of these days, one of you, someone's going to sing that to me. And I can't wait. 
Uh, fizzleshow.co slash 26. You're going to find show notes, including that video of Frank Shamero at Webstock, which is so good. So, so good. You have to watch it. Um, and if you're not already a part of Think Traffic, sign up right there on that page. Enter your email. It's free. Okay. We've got some big news coming. And I want to be able to tell you about it. And you're not going to want to miss out on it, probably. It's worth the risk to put your email in there. I'm talking to you right now. Just please do it. Uh, there's no risk. There's no risk there. You know who we are. You like us. You're trusting us right now. Maybe. Maybe. I hope you would. Because I'd like to tell you about the big news when it, when it happens. If you liked this conversation, please uh, give us an honest rating and a review in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much at all, and it means the world to us because it helps other entrepreneurs find this thing. People are out there with their arses on the line, and they're they're trying hard. And, uh, and I know that we're hearing that this is a helpful conversation for people to be a part of. So please do leave a review for us if, you, if, you, if you're so inclined. If you are in the right spot to make a thing... I hope this conversation was helpful. I think this step is so important, you guys. It really, really changes the game when you go from, I'm creating a blog and doing this and that, to I made something to sell. It's, it's empowering. It's awesome. Make something you're proud of. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.